Hi everyone, this is Allie Duff and I am your host for the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. Throughout this podcast, we will explore honest, vulnerable, and unfiltered conversations with people who inspire me the most. These conversations will dive deeper into where our guests have been, how they got started, and where they are going. The topics will range from careers, starting a business, following your passion, living life outside of the culture's norm, and of course, my fave, mental health. The Feeling Good Sometimes podcast was truly created to remind you that it's okay if you don't feel good every single day. I surely don't. And of course, I am always here to remind you that you are never alone in your journey. Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm so excited that you're back for today's episode. Today's episode is with Mary Oforietta and I'm super excited for you to listen because I actually just met with Mary when I was in LA. So it was the first time we got to connect in real life and a lot about what we talked about was actually what was in this conversation that we recorded back in November. So that was really cool. This episode kind of ranges from things when it comes to self-care, self-love, learning about how your identity can get wrapped into either your business or anything that you honestly do in life especially if you're a woman Um, we also talk a lot about kind of navigating invisible illnesses and things along those lines but it's a really great episode and i'm really excited for you to hear it mary is also the founder and owner of mary young which is her clothing brand which is ethically and sustainably made in canada which you know i love And she also is co-founder of um, a model agency also in Canada called Babe Creative. And then she also has her own podcast with a friend as well called This Could Work. So I'm really excited for you to listen and I will see you on the other side. Hey, Mary, welcome to the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So I start every episode asking, how are you feeling? So how are you feeling right now? Today, I'm actually feeling quite good. I've been dealing with some lingering migraines for quite some time, like Mm -hmm. on and off. And this morning I woke up. I was tired when I woke up, but I went for a walk and like the crisp air and the long walk, I think really gave me sort of that jolt Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a weird way, but like a good way. And I've been pretty productive so far. So I feel like blending productivity with also getting time outside and feeling awake and connected to my body makes me feel just in a better place all around. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice to start your day like outside and also Ugh. like not going to screen straight away. Yes, I think that's been the hardest thing for me is mm-hmm. not going to a screen the second I wake up. I've actually switched my alarm from being my phone to an actual alarm clock and I highly recommend that for anyone who is struggling with the screen time and I have one of those sunrise alarm clocks where it's like the light that slowly brightens and honestly I've used it on and off for years and I don't know why I stopped using it I think I stopped using it in the summer when the sun actually Mm. rises at a decent time and then I forget that I have a sunrise alarm clock. So then I start uh-huh. using it again. And I'm like, oh, this is actually a true game changer for waking up. So I don't wake up in a panic trying to turn off a sound that I hate. But I actually mm. like my body wakes up because there's light. Oh, that's so genius. So I recently switched to an alarm clock mm-hmm. because I was sleeping through my phone alarm. 
Yes. I've and done I had it like times. all the way up and I was like, what the hell? Like I could not <laughs> figure it out. It was like, I had even set the alarm for like nine o'clock one day and I still slept through it. And I was like, oh my gosh, 9 a.m. And I was like, this is not okay. And then, um, so I ordered an alarm clock off Amazon and it goes pretty loud and it just like keeps going. So going. like it has a snooze, but like not like your phone where it has a snooze and it only does it like once or t- I mean, mm-hmm. even I was sleeping through the snoozes. So I was like, this is not okay. Like I like to work out in the morning, but I keep missing the classes. Yeah. Keep missing the um, opportunity. Yeah. And so now I like don't have that excuse where I'm like, oh, I can't not have my phone in my room because I need it as my alarm. Mm-hmm. So I've started to like leave my phone like downstairs and then so so then yeah at least because I used to just wake up and automatically start scrolling it was just like the automatic like you just check like emails check social media and then it's like oh there goes like another 30 minutes and you're like feeling like shit already and there starts your day exactly not and that's not how anyone wants to start your day you don't want to feel like you're playing catch up or you've already been sucked into screens and it's just so important to build those boundaries and I think it it is really hard and people make it sound so easy and it's still something I struggle with is Mm -hmm. having those boundaries to make sure that I'm setting myself up for success yeah totally and then that also just like kind of like reflects your mood before you have even Mm -hmm. stepped got out of your bed exactly yeah so you're pretty big on like self-care and self-love I mean Mm -hmm. if nobody knows who you are like can you give a little (laughs) snapshot of everything that you do like obviously I know you from your brand Mary Young but Mm -hmm. I feel like you also have a lot of other businesses that you're doing as well (laughs) I do a few things yeah so my my main focus is my brand Mary Young which is a women's intimate swim and loungewear line uh, ethically and sustainably produced in Canada and just on a big focus on celebrating the female figure and celebrating your natural shape. So that really, like you said, ties into self-care and Uh self-love. I think for me, I've been a huge advocate of self-care and self-love before that term even existed. So back in, you know, 2013, 2014, I was going through some hard times in my life and I really had to spend time on myself. And I learned the importance of really like nurturing and loving yourself through hardships and, So that's become a big part of what I do and just exploring what that can look like, because I think Mm -hmm. now with those words being so trendy, it Mm -hmm. does seem confusing as to what self-care can be. So I recently launched a podcast with a friend and coworker of mine, Malika. The podcast is called This Could Work, and Mm -hmm. we talk about self-care things that maybe can or cannot work Mm -hmm. and explore different self-care rituals and habits and routines and talk to people who ideally know a little bit more than us about those different spaces. And then and on the side, I also am a co-founder in a modeling agency called Babe Media with my friend Kyla. Her and I have worked together on and off for the past couple of years, and we launched Babe Media just over a year ago to really develop a roster of representation of the community that a lot of companies are marketing towards, but not representing in the mm-hmm. marketing assets and their campaigns and really just making sure that people are getting the opportunity to represent their community, to represent, you know, age, diversity, size, gender, all those different things, and just really holding brands and spaces accountable for being properly inclusive and representative of Mm -hmm. who they're trying to sell to. So many cool things. Thanks. Yeah, they all sound really like exciting. They're um, all aligned, and it's a yeah, lot they of are very things. Aligned. But it's 
they all overlap. So I think that's why it's easy to do them all because there is so much overlap with them. And it they all really do come from like a place in my heart of what I care about. So it, it uh -huh. is more natural for me to be investing my time and energy into them. Mm -hmm. And um, you live in LA now, right? I do. So I just moved to LA a couple months ago. A lot of people I think are still finding out that I moved to LA because I did a little sneaky move mm -hmm. and it's been lovely. It's been a really great change of scenery, change of pace. And it, yeah, it's been really exciting to have big change in my life. Mm -hmm. And you have like more sun, <laughs> just a little bit more sun. I honestly can't complain about Toronto. the vitamin D. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, like the dopamine you get from the sunshine is actually a real thing. I can yeah. feel it now. Probably like once you're in like January, February, March, you're going to be like, okay, this is good. Yeah, I know. I'm like everyone I talk to from home in Toronto is like, oh, you know, November, the, the days are getting colder and shorter. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, it's cooling down here too, but it's not going to snow. Like I yeah. don't even have to worry about that. So that yeah. is really reassuring. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to touch on kind of like what happened that kind of push you in the trajectory? Is that right? Yeah. Of um, focusing more on self-love and self-care, like before yeah. it was even like a big thing. Yeah. So I think the biggest pivotal moment for me, honestly, was when my dad passed away in 2011. Mm -hmm. And I was 19 when he passed away. And at the okay. same time, my mom was also battling breast cancer. Oh, wow. So I had both parents going through obviously some health concerns. Mm -hmm. My dad was sick my entire life. So I always knew him to be struggling with health, but mm -hmm. to see my mom and then him and then him passing away, I turned 20. I'd been living in Toronto for just over a year. I was very committed to staying in Toronto and mm -hmm. doing an internship that I got through school. I didn't really have a choice but to finish my semester at school. Um, I was at Ryerson at the time and to be frank, they were not accommodating to mm -hmm. having my father pass away two weeks before exams. So I had to write all my exams and finish the semester. Mm -hmm. So I really was like in the real world push to keep going. Yeah. And yeah. then in my alone time was like drowning and struggling mm -hmm. to understand my life. And at 20 years old, I didn't really know many people who had ever navigated what I was going through. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't have the resources or the space to turn to or find community. And so I really had to look inwards and figure out how to navigate this on my own. And obviously I had, you know, friends to support me as best as they could with what they knew. But a lot of it came from I had to find a way to find my strength, my love, and, you know, care for myself while navigating this. And at the time my mom was still going through you know, mm -hmm. chemotherapy and treatment like that. So there was a lot of heavy things still happening in my life. And so I spent a lot of time alone. And I think that was the best thing that I could have done. And at the time, I didn't realize that that was like self-love and self-care was mm -hmm. like truly isolating myself from distractions of the world and just investing in myself and spending time alone and reading books that really, you know, I could connect with and I was on Tumblr trying to find other people that mm -hmm. like I could build a community with. And even if it wasn't people that I, you know, had gone through something that I went through, but just finding space to feel heard or seen or understood. So that was really a pivotal time for me to learn how to find my strength and find my 
you know, determination to just continue when life is really hard. And that grew through so many different chapters of I was in a relationship when my dad passed away and the relationship ended shortly after his passing. So navigating Hmm. that relationship ending, grieving that relationship while also grieving my father. Mm -hmm. There was just a lot of things to navigate. And I think through all of the loss, I learned that no matter what I lost, I always had myself. Hmm. And being able to really hold on to that has given me so much strength through so many other hardships and hard times. And just learning that, you know, there's there's always going to be people in your life. And it's so important to build those relationships. But the first and foremost relationship is the one you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like, that's so young. Like when you're 20, you're still like really a child. <laughs> yeah. I like, like look back. Basically, I'm like, like there's such a big shift that happens from like early 20s to late 20s. Like it's mm-hmm. insane. Even though it's like, I mean, you like I would say 20 to 23, you're still really young and you're still trying to figure everything out. And then once you get your late 20s, you're like, whoa, I'm like a completely different person. Mm-hmm. So that takes a lot of props to like figure that out that young because it could have gone in different directions. Oh, easily. And I think that's <laughs> the thing is, you know, when you're going through hardship, there's so many different paths you can take. Mm-hmm. You can take the distraction path. You can take the, okay, I'll just focus on, you know, fulfilling my time with work and mm-hmm. pursuing my dreams, but ignoring what I'm feeling. And I think there's time and a place to just keep going and kind of get into a movement. But the longer you avoid dealing with how you're feeling and what you can do to actually support yourself, the harder it will be to face that later on in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly true. So you went through this in your early 20s. And then what kind of like happened after that? Did When did you start Mary Young? I started Mary Young when I was 23, which okay. is crazy because also still a baby. I like look back. I'm like, I'm oh, so young and so cool, oblivious. It was great. It was honestly it was such a good time to do it because I didn't have like response responsibilities even though I thought I had responsibilities Uh my responsibility was paying rent like I didn't have a family a mortgage a car payment like I truly had more time and energy to invest in a business so I think also doing that at 23 I was doing something that I don't really know many other people that were doing that and Uh it was again another isolating experience of I'm investing all my time all my money I'm taking out loans and I'm building something from the ground up in a world that at 2014, that wasn't really heard of. Like Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and the glamorization of that wasn't big until like 2017, 2018. So I was trying to figure this all out again alone. So I really had to look inwards and find that strength within myself to navigate building a business, what that entails also working part-time mm-hmm. freelance, like doing so many other things just to keep the business going and just sticking with it and staying true to, you know, the why I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause if we look, think about it now, like every other person is starting a business, right? Because yes, it's like the, cool I mean, it's, thing. it's, it's cool. cool and it's, and it's easy like the- supposedly, <laughs> but it's not, it's not easy. <laughs> not easy at all. But it's just no. like, Oh, I'll just start a business. But like, they don't, we don't, I don't say they, mm-hmm. 
don't really recognize what happens when you start a business or to what extent your business is going to exactly. hold, right? Um, I mean, I didn't even know at 23. Yeah, I had no I idea what it was going to look I like. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I would be doing this, 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 and this. And here I am, like, four years later, like, oh, shit, like, this sucks. But <laughs> Yeah, you're like, I've only checked that one box. I still have <laughs> all these other things I want to accomplish. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll just keep working on those. Yeah, so do you find that you're a person that... um because I can tell like everything that you've gone through just from being like in your early 20s and now you're in your early 30s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you find that you're pretty strong with not requiring on like external validation? Um, I go through seasons. Okay. So I think one of my love languages is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love to gift people either like actual objects or give people like love in the form of like words of affirmation yeah so I do that a lot for others and I like to like that's that's fulfilling to me is to like be giving to others but I think a lot of times people who give a lot don't in turn receive a lot because people think that they don't need that validation and so the people close to me definitely know that I need words of affirmation and I don't necessarily get it from like a widespread amount of people and I really value like my husband when he gives me words of affirmations one of my best friends her and I will you know text each other being like I'm so proud of you and there's there's Uh so much weight in someone saying I'm proud of you yeah if you really like sit down and think about it it's like what what does pride mean and pride in Uh another individual and being able to share that with someone in your life, it it does carry so much weight and validation. And as you know, being an entrepreneur, you can question every single decision you make all day long. And you, you truly don't know what the right or wrong decision is. Uh-huh. And it's so easy to just feel at a loss. And without validation in some form, it can become very daunting to constantly make those decisions and think that you're doing the right thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's a really great note to make and for like anybody listening to just tell someone that you're proud of them because we, I think it's easy for us to do it to strangers compared to like Mm -hmm. people that we actually know. Like, I mean, you could have customers on your Instagram account be like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you for doing this. And you're like, Mm -hmm. are you really? But like, (laughs) I, but if you have like your close friends and they're not saying it, but they're them saying it is going to like hold more mm-hmm. to it compared to just yeah. like a random person on Instagram. But yeah, we tend to like think like, oh, they've got it going. Like they're totally fine. They're they have fine. it all together. They don't need to hear it. But we always want to hear it. Like we always want to hear like you're loved or I love you. Like you're doing so great. Like you can never overuse those words with anybody. No. <laughs> No, especially someone who's like carving their own path and like doing something on their own. I think anyone who's, you know, whether it's a small business owner or someone who's involved in a small business Mm -hmm. or, you know, a new mom, a single parent, those are a lot of people that are navigating something very isolating because they truly Mm -hmm. have to do so much on their own and make those decisions on their own. And it's, they often feel like, you know, everything's spinning out of control and they don't even know what they're doing. So to have people, in their life support them through that I think is just so understated and overlooked oftentimes in relationships Uh, yeah totally do you find that or especially when you're building Mary Young um that your identity got wrapped into it oh 1000 percent yeah like like, I'm sure she completely understands oh yeah. yeah 
it was rough. There was a yeah. couple years where, I mean, first off, naming your business your, your name. literal name is there's no way to not have your yeah. identity tied to it because, you know, I would meet people and they're like, oh, you're the Mary Young. And I'm like, oh, I guess. Like, I don't look <laughs> at myself like anything. I'm like, I sit at home in sweatpants, sitting in Excel, sitting in the back end of Shopify, stressing, mm-hmm. not eating properly, like all these things. I'm not, this is not glamorous. I'm not a, I'm not a person. I'm mm-hmm. just working my butt off. But then you meet people and it's so lovely that they recognize you for what you've built. But then a lot of times I felt like, you know, if I made new friends, where I was I making friends for me as Mary individual mm-hmm. or me as Mary Young, the brand. And then it was really hard dating in my 20s. I think that was a really okay. big struggle was like dating as a brand owner and the name of a brand. And a mm. lot of men that I dated or shall I say boys that I dated <laughs> were more like, oh, I love that you're so busy. I love how like determined you are. Mm. And then, you know, maybe a couple weeks or a month in they ask why I'm so busy and when I'm going to be free. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, the thing you said you liked is the reason why like I can't see you all the time and yeah you know it was it was definitely really hard and I had to kind of reevaluate my friendships and mm-hmm. who I wanted to keep close so I kept you know I have a really good core group of friends and mm-hmm. some of my friends you know know the woes of running a business the inside mm-hmm. of the good and bad days and just being really um you know really diligent with like who is in my inner circle and knowing that they love me for me and if I had to close the business today or I sold it for $20 million, they would still love me the same amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, figured that it was like a challenge. Like I had a really hard time with the business and doing that. And it's not even my name, but it's just built mm-hmm. on my story. So, mm-hmm. so much of it was like, especially at the beginning, it was like, okay, keep pushing the story, push the story. I mean, it still pretty much is. And I'm the only person running the business. So it's very much like, yeah, I had a hard time trying to like figure that out. It took a lot of therapy, a lot of yes. dollars to like mm-hmm. even recognize like, oh, okay, I have to figure out who I am outside of outside. my business. And it's yes. like you also have to figure out how to not put whatever happens on the business on yourself and like mm-hmm. recognize that, okay, the business is like a separate entity. And if like, it's not having a good day like it doesn't mean that you have to have a bad day as well like that kind of like balance is a tricky thing to figure out and I'm sure like a lot of small business owners or people who I mean I'm sure it happens to a lot of people when it comes to their careers or even I would assume motherhood too would be something like that you're kind of anything where someone can kind of like put a label on you yeah you kind and of you're, start you're nurturing something that. like yeah you've tied yourself to whether it's a child I mean I always joke that my business is my firstborn I'm like exactly it, it is it I've had more sleepless money than nights <laughs> cost more money I don't know if the return on investment is there that my business may not take care of me when I'm like a senior citizen and need uh-huh. support so <laughs> I don't know but it's one of those things where it's like if you are nurturing and investing into something you think the correlation of its success is determined to yours and uh-huh. It's definitely something that I still struggle with as being a small business owner and like even growing the business to where it's at. It doesn't mean that all those things just go away. Mm. It's something that I have to constantly work on and remind myself. And again, having that circle of like friends that either are small business owners or just people like in my life close to me that can remind me that 
the business doesn't define me and I have so much more value outside of running a company. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's definitely finding the right people who that I think and also people who can understand what you're going through. Mm -hmm. That's so important. Yeah, Yeah. you need to find people who have been who have been in your shoes who understand it. Or at least kind of have a similar situation going on. Exactly. So get it. Um, yeah. So uh, you also have started a YouTube channel, right? Yes, I did yes. very recently, which is so L.A. of me. I moved, moved to L.A. and started a YouTube channel. It's like I just I just wanted to fit in, basically. I was like, now's the time to start a YouTube channel. I have <laughs> palm trees and sunshine. <laughs> but actually, what inspired you to start the channel? I think a lot of it is being Mary of Mary Young okay. and the business growing to where it is. Some people now don't know who Mary is because mm-hmm. the business has grown. And if they weren't there from day one or the early years and we still like share like Mary's story. And I, it's so weird to say all this and like, yeah. who is Mary? It's me. Yeah. But <laughs> we still share like Mary's story and Mary's perspective and things like that. But I think a lot of people uh, don't know who I am and like, like even in mm-hmm. this conversation don't know what I've had to navigate to get to where I am today yeah. and I've recently got into YouTube more as an individual and mm-hmm. I'm very very late to the game but I'm just gonna say when YouTube started to blow up I was still on dial-up internet so I never got to participate in YouTube back then <laughs> so it's not my fault that I'm a late <laughs> adapter um, but I love YouTube and I you know, finding different people on there that I can connect with, whether that's, you know, entrepreneurs or influencers or people that have like a different regular day that I could relate Uh to. And I realized that, you know, there's still not as much open, transparent conversation, which is something I'm a big advocate for. Mm -hmm. And I've connected with so many people individually, like through my Instagram and through DMs Mm -hmm. about like grief and loss or health Mm -hmm. and struggles. But that space is still so small and we just need to continue to make it bigger. And I've learned this after running a business is the best way to do that is by leading by example. And so mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing with, you know, the YouTube is to kind of pull the curtain back of what a Dana life looks like. It's not glamorous. Like very rarely mm-hmm. am I wearing makeup in my YouTube vlogs. Like mm-hmm. you me with a swollen face and the dark circles under my eyes because that's reality Uh but then you'll also see me like the day that I put on makeup and go for dinner because also reality but we need to know that there's a bit of both and um you know even the other week I I shared one day that I was not feeling well I had a migraine so I worked from bed and someone commented being like oh you know thank you so much for showing that and giving me permission to do that when I'm not feeling well and it's Uh so much of what we all struggle with is thinking we're alone in our struggles Mm-hmm. And we're not. We're never alone. It's just it's so hard to open up and be completely vulnerable. And for me, it feels oddly easy to open up on the internet versus mm-hmm. in person. Yeah. So I I'm like, okay, I can too. do it on the internet for like millions of people if yeah. millions of people end up watching it. But <laughs> right now for like my 80 subscribers. Um, but at least for them, we're not alone and we're in it together. And then it also gives me validation that I'm not the only one that has a rough day and needs to work from bed because sometimes I do feel alone in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember, um, well, I remember like I watched your <laughs> first episode, but that was like only a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
but and yeah it doesn't even matter how many people are watching i think we sometimes when it comes to things like this we get so wrapped up in like oh my gosh only like 10 people watch like i don't even know how many people listen to this podcast but i'm just like if one person listens and exactly. it makes them feel better or it makes them feel less alone then my job is done right mm-hmm. but um yeah it's a really great point to like share things like oh i worked from bed this morning or like um, I started my workday at 10 a.m. instead of like 7 a.m. And it's just like mm-hmm. kind of breaking away the stigma of what a day should look like, which yeah. your first episode was very much like you shared like a, I think it was a week in the life, right? Mm-hmm. And you went mm-hmm. through like different days and it was like, yeah, this day I don't feel so good. I'm going to work from bed. Like this day I'm actually going to get a workout in. And like this day it was like really cool to see because I also, like personally struggle with thinking that I have to like work eight hours like productive eight hours like sit at my desk and like most of the time I don't have full eight hours of work to do and Mm -hmm. then I feel like that shame like oh I'm not working hard enough like I should have more to do and it's like I had another conversation with someone earlier this week about this as well like kind of just stopping the whole like hustle culture and thinking that Mm -hmm. we have to be busy just to be busy but what is that busyness that we're creating? Are we actually being productive or are we just like being busy to be busy? Exactly. And I think that that hustle mentality is something that has changed for me since moving to LA in all honesty. Okay. Like people work hard out here. It's not that obviously there's a lot of success in LA. Yeah. But there's so much more balance mm. because LA is a city that has nature and hobbies as a big mm-hmm. priority for its residents. I think that's the hard thing with Toronto is there's not a lot of other opportunities of things to do unless Mm. you join a sports team or a running club or something like that. Like the things to do in Toronto are work, be busy working, Mm. go out for work dinners, have dinners and drinks. And like, that's basically it. It's it's very social. It's very social. And it is about like showing what you've accomplished. And like, I totally respect and get that. But at this season and chapter of my life, I want to go for a walk in the morning and like mm-hmm. look at trees, actual trees, mm-hmm. not like two shrubs on the mm-hmm. sidewalk, you know, beside an alleyway, which is a lot of Toronto. And like, obviously, there's areas in Toronto that are more residential and really beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's it's hard to have that balance, I find, in Toronto, because even if you go for a walk at 8 a.m., everyone you look at is like getting on the streetcar, rushing to work, grabbing mm. their coffee and the energy is like, go, go, mm. go. So you feel like I shouldn't even be outside right now. I have to, I have to be on my computer. Yeah, should be working. I should be going. Exactly. Um. Whereas LA, there's a lot more balance. Like I've definitely felt very similar to you where I'm like, okay, maybe I don't have a full eight hours today or I'm spending two hours making TikToks and reels, which like what is the point but I have to do it because of marketing purposes right now yeah and then another day I'll spend 16 hours working and not even know where the time has gone and it's like yeah Uh because some days are just that busy and other days aren't and it's okay to kind of go with the flow Uh and again listen to your body listen to what feels right and what actually feels productive and not just sitting there and and passing time in front of a computer Uh yeah that's a yeah and I mean the thing is like when we're we work for ourselves Mm -hmm. we have that luxury to do it and I feel like we just kind of forget that we do have the right to kind of like to make our days different like we don't Mm -hmm. we're not having to like clock in for nine or eight hours a day and then 
clock out or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's such a challenge to and I think that's like a lot comes into like that comparison, right? Like that yes. comparison trap of like seeing what other people are doing and like like I definitely feel it with my business of like oh my gosh, this person is getting so many orders like oh shit, like I'm like really behind like what is going on and then it's like mm-hmm. I should be spending all day packing orders, but I'm packing the one order I got. It's just like, it's so annoying, (laughs) but it's (laughs) it's also like those businesses or those people that are showing that they're packing all those orders. It's like, maybe the next day they don't have all those orders. They're showing you the day that's busy. Like you're, we're not, again, everything is really much like that highlight reel that we talk about Mm -hmm. on Instagram. Yes. TikTok's a bit different, but People aren't showing the like really nitty gritty raw Mm -hmm. downside of being an entrepreneur and just knowing that there's some really high, high days and some really low, low days. And just being able to ride out the storm is what being an entrepreneur is. It's like being agile and Mm -hmm. being able to just like wait it out. And it's it's tough. It's mentally very exhausting and comparison, especially in this day and age with technology and social media mm-hmm. is so easy. Like the amount of ads I get for every competitor's lingerie brand. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to see these ads, but do I? I don't know. No, I don't want to see what other companies are doing. I want to just like know what we're doing and trust in what we're doing and staying true to it. But it's so hard not to see what's happening in the space. But it's so important to stay in your lane and like put your blinders mm-hmm. on and just focus on what you're doing and why you're doing it. Like not comparing as in, oh, should I be, you know, raising a series A and should I be taking on investors or Mm -hmm. these things? It's like, maybe that's not the business for you. And that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Stay in your lane. I actually, oh, I don't have it up here. My old office, I had it written down on a board um, because, yeah, it's so true. It's a good thing to remember. Yeah. You got to say it over and over sometimes and just like visualize (laughs) being in a lane. Yeah. And that's like for anything in your life. Like, honestly, like it can even be, like comparing yourself to your friends like especially yeah. if you are an entrepreneur um your life mm-hmm. is going to look really really different it is like i know just so many things in life like yeah finding a partner you know yeah. like whether you're traveling like all my friends after university traveled and i was starting a business and i could barely take a saturday off let alone mm-hmm. like i couldn't afford to travel and i couldn't afford to go to Thailand for a month and then Australia for a month but it's like Uh everyone around me was experiencing life and I'm like okay well my life is different and you know I will travel one day it's just I don't have that opportunity right now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's really true and yeah we just kind of have to remind ourselves that we're on our own little path and that Mm -hmm. anything we want to do we can make it happen and it will happen when it's supposed to exactly um yeah so you're pretty open about like your health struggles so what currently Mm -hmm. are you going through i know you've (laughs) made i haven't caught up in your youtube but i need to but i know you made a video about your endometriosis and Mm -hmm. yes chronic migraine i have like like a few things going on (laughs) i joke with like my friends that i'm like a 90 year old woman trapped in a 31 year old woman's body because (laughs) oftentimes that's how it looks and feels and they're like oh i heard of this crazy thing you probably know about it maybe you have it (laughs) um i've always had health struggles since i was younger and it originally started from a concussion when I was seven, no, 16. I had a concussion okay. and it resulted in post concussion syndrome. So 
I basically lost my cognitive skills, like reading and writing uh, was nearly impossible. Speaking was really challenging for about eight months. And I was able to kind of work through that. But there was a lot of long term, basically damage done just through Uh. that concussion. And my chronic migraines really stem from that. And Mm. I still that's where most of my migraines stem from and I struggle with. And also through my teen years, I had a horrible period Mm -hmm. as I thought we all did. But turns out, no, you're not supposed to have bad periods. We just have never been educated. Supposedly you're not supposed to. I'm like, "Mm." yeah, I was like, "Mm, haven't met someone who hasn't had a bad period. So I'm confused about that stat. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I didn't really know that what I was dealing with was not normal until my late teens and early 20s when I was diagnosed with endometriosis which made a lot of sense based on what I was feeling through my teens. And I was always on birth control to treat the mm-hmm. pain, the like, you know, the bloating, the cramping and all that. And so I ended up going on different treatment, like a hormone therapy for my endometriosis in my 20s. And I recently came off of it just about two years ago and navigating being mm-hmm. on synthetic hormones for most of my life to what are my natural hormones is... Mm. Um, fun to say the least and to all the women out there I just I think women are so strong and so Uh courageous to live and work and be kind individuals when your hormones are going crazy yeah and like everything in the world is a hormone disruptor right now so it's just it's a lot on the on the woman's body so I've been navigating that and It's definitely hard living with endometriosis and not having any sort of treatment for it. I haven't had surgery. A lot of people end up doing like lap surgery. So I chose not to do lap surgery early on. And it's something that's still on the table now, just based on my age, how bad my symptoms are. And especially if I want to have children in the future, Mm -hmm. knowing if that's even a possibility. So it's it's definitely something I'm looking into. Obviously, it's a bit more complicated now living in LA than being in Canada mm, because true. of yeah. healthcare is just a little different out here. <laughs> you know, it's Especially here. It's like just women's healthcare. Women's healthcare. Yeah, it's uh, it was a great time to move to America and like find <laughs> out that like women's rights don't exist here. So, yeah. you know, just just navigating a few things. So I'm really leaning into trying to understand my body and its natural natural flow which is for me not natural because my hormones are so imbalanced Mm -hmm. and I work with a naturopath who's been really helpful and just trying to understand my body to the best of my ability and like you know scheduling work and fitness and different things like that based on my cycles and my phases is so important and I think there's Mm -hmm. just not enough education around female health and Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to find that education and information for myself to try to live a more fulfilling, like happy life, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely grow up thinking like our periods are like terrible things and mm-hmm. like a shameful thing. And exactly, it's only like yeah, probably like in the early twenty twenties that people are actually starting to be more open about it. And like <laughs> we all go through it every single month, so like, why do we have to make it such a big deal? And, and yeah. Like, and there's nothing a lot of us to be struggle through of. it and like we yeah. just think that's like the norm but mm-hmm. yeah yeah and yeah and again like not having those open conversations like when I was mm-hmm. diagnosed with endometriosis I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want to you know have a stigma attached to me about my health 
when I was dating, there was only a few people I was dating that ever knew that I had endometriosis and what that could mean, mm-hmm. like long term for my health and fertility yeah. and finding people that can understand that and respect that. Like it made me feel so uncomfortable within myself and mm. almost like I put blame on myself for having it. And it's yeah. it wasn't something I did to myself to get endometriosis. Mm-hmm. It's a disease and a condition that I was born with. That's not mm-hmm. it's not something I should have done better. So I think it was learning to navigate that. And then as I've been able to open up that conversation and meet so many other people, again, I feel less shame. I feel less stigma. Mm-hmm. I feel so much more, you know, value in who I am as an individual outside of this condition that I have. And that's just so important for people to feel seen and heard and valued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through anything that's like considered like an invisible illness, like especially when it comes mm-hmm. to like mental illness or kind of like chronic illness, chronic pain, those sorts of things are, we do tend to put a lot of it on ourselves because no one else can really see it. It's like that whole no. thing, like you could break your leg, everyone signs your cast, like, yes. and then it heals and like whoop de doo But when it comes to anything else that no one can see or kind of like, no one cares, empathize with, yeah, and it becomes like really hard on you to just kind of like navigate that, but also just mm-hmm. to kind of have more confidence in yourself. Yeah. And I, I can definitely relate to that. I actually broke my wrist in 2020 like just before the pandemic okay and it was not fun needless <laughs> to say um don't walk on ice and think mm. that you're not going to slip and fall because canada you will fall at least <laughs> once a winter um so i broke my wrist and people were so like accommodating and kind and lovely and like wanting to carry things for me and like mm-hmm. people would cut up my food because i literally couldn't cut up my food mm-hmm. and i was like this is so lovely like now my my wrist was still in pain through a lot of like it being in a cast just because they had to reset it. But I was like, oh, I've dealt with way more pain than this wrist thing. Mm-hmm. And not one person has ever like asked me how I'm doing or how I'm feeling. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. they don't they don't see it. Mm-hmm. And then I, sometimes I feel like I become a broken record when people are like, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm in pain. I have a migraine. My mm-hmm. head hurts. And it's like, I don't want to answer every how are you doing with how I'm actually doing, which is I'm in pain because then it just feels like I'm complaining. But mm-hmm. the reality is that's how I am doing is I'm mm-hmm. I'm navigating my day with a migraine again. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that I have to tell you that for the third time this week, but it sucks even more that I have a migraine for the third time this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's even like when you get like a cold or something like that yes. and people are like, they just empathize more than that you're like oh i'm sick and it's like oh my exactly. gosh i'm so sorry i hope you feel better mm-hmm. but if can i, I send like, you soup is there anything i can do yeah. you're like oh, oh my gosh but... actually i'm in like a depressive episode they're gonna be like they're gonna go yeah. silent Ooh. because what like, are you okay. gonna say to that <laughs> yeah exactly they're like um i'll talk to you when you're not in that episode then we'll see yeah. you on the other side and it's like no that's not that's not real life either i know yeah it's just that whole like breaking away the stigma and yeah it just Mm -hmm. can really come hand in hand a lot with kind of like chronic illnesses and invisible illnesses and if you Mm -hmm. can't see something then you just assume like everybody's fine but it's a whole like we don't know what's going on in someone's life Mm -hmm. but we just kind of like we create this perception of what we see and especially with social media being so massive and present in everyone's life and especially like the generation below us it's just like yeah how do we even break into that 
I think it's just learning like the empathy and mm-hmm. I think I, I'm thankful for myself that I was able to see it firsthand with my dad being sick my whole life and right. he had ulcerative colitis and okay. then ended up being diagnosed with hepatitis C mm. that he got through blood transfusion so he w- navigated like a lot through his life but it was also very invisible for mm. for him also being a man who didn't work so he stayed home and raised my brother gotcha. and I and that was very different in the 90s and early 2000s yeah. like that was yeah. not heard of yeah and i had to see him navigate you know his very masculine friendships and the stigma of being a man of the household who cooks dinner and what does that mm, mean yeah. but then also see him navigate his pain and i learned a lot from him some good things and some maybe not good things like i've learned how to put a mask on so mm. easily to the point where I've done, you know, investor meetings on right after I broke my wrist, three days after I broke my wrist on morphine with a migraine and like just fly right through it. And no one knew that I wasn't doing well because Mm -hmm. I just put that mask on and I kept going. And I think anyone who deals with any type of invisible or chronic illness, they learn how to do that. But it's a Mm -hmm. part of at some point you have to pull that mask off and it Uh starts slowly with the people closest to you and then teaching those people how to actually properly empathize and know that empathy and compassion are two different terms. And I think Uh that's one big learning lesson is compassion is feeling for someone and empathy is feeling as if you were them and understanding Uh how they feel on that. So it's really, I think, learning empathy for others and slowing down your life to think about someone else going through something and how that would feel for you and what you could do for them. That could be as simple as like sending flowers or just showing up with dinner and like leaving a casserole out front, like whatever it may be, mm-hmm. can truly change someone's day when they're they're struggling with their own internal invisible battle and, and chronic mm-hmm. illness. Yeah. I mean, even just checking in on someone like, yes, you can just send a message and like, just mm-hmm. don't even expect a response, but just like just a voice act. note saying, hey, yeah. I'm just thinking of you and I want you to know that I'm here for you if, whenever you're ready to talk or whenever you want to do something, just call me. Mm-hmm. No response yeah. needed. Like, I think we we forget that it can be as simple as, hey, I was just thinking about you today. I hope you're doing well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need more of that in the world. Wow. We're working on it, you know, it starts yeah. small. I always say, like like you said with the podcast, it doesn't matter how many people listen, as long as you impact one person, we all have the ability to have a ripple effect. And if your ripple is three little lines, and that's huge. If your ripple's 250 lines, that's amazing. But we all can cause a mm-hmm. ripple effect. So it's just, it's in all of us to make this place a little bit better and more enjoyable. And just take each day as you can to see how you can impact others for the positive because there's just so much negative in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's easier for us to get wrapped into the yeah. negative than the it is. I mean, we're just wired that way. We're wired that way. Society is built around negativity. Mm-hmm. We hear it in the news. We read it in the newspaper. Everything we get pushed towards us is fear and, you know, just doom like there's so much uh-huh. doom that's being sold to us like we watch horror movies i'm like no thank you <laughs> i will listen to a murder podcast but i will not watch a made-up horror movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know that's uh, life is weird mm-hmm. yeah 
So do you, is there anything like specific that you find that helps you kind of, if you're having like a tough day with your health? Oh, there's always a few things. One of them is I very much work on a reward system. Okay. I've been this way from a very young age is if you accomplish something or you check something off, you get a reward. And I always joke that I'm like Pavlov's dog. I've like trained myself to like yeah. know the second that bell rings, I get to eat. <laughs> um, so basically, <laughs> I look at it as, you know, if I'm having a rough day, like just do your top three priority tasks. So I normally break out my to do's and my top three priority and then and everything kind of trickles down from there. And the days that are just so hard to like even see because of a migraine or if I'm still in bed because of cramps, whatever it may be, it's like just get through the high priority of the things that you need to do and then reward yourself for that. So sometimes that's reading a book and uh-huh. just zoning out from reality or it's going for a walk and getting myself a matcha and treating myself to being present in that walk. And it's not... Uh-huh being on that walk thinking about things that I should be doing mm-hmm. or what I didn't do it's like really feeling the steps walking slowly hearing the sounds or putting on a podcast something that will make me laugh like I love mm-hmm. I used to listen to a lot of different like comedian podcasts because I just need a laugh when you're having mm-hmm. a bad day yeah I have a folder on my browser saved of funny YouTube videos that oh when that's I'm smart. A really bad yeah. day I just like watch these and they're the same videos and they've been on the internet forever but they literally make me laugh and laughter mm-hmm. is a medicine. And it's like if I if my body is physically laughing, I'm starting to produce dopamine and mm-hmm. feel that, you know, that good, good energy, that good flow. And even if I'm still in pain, at least I had that moment of laughter to remind myself that I can still feel good and I will the next day. Mm, I love that idea of like, I mean, you couldn't even do it on TikTok or Instagram. Anywhere, now, like- yeah have some videos like in a little folder saved and then refer to them. That's such a great idea. Yeah. And, and I think fun to watch funny things, yeah, you know? I know, it just makes life more exciting. Yeah. And the whole like piece of like going for a walk, but not just like going for a walk to go for a walk because you know, you should be going for a walk, but like mm-hmm. go for a walk and leave your phone at home. Like try that yes. or like go for a walk and I don't know, like listen to music or something like that, but just like, or sit in the sun for like five minutes. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I used to yeah, go for a walk on my so lunch good. break at my studio and like go sit outside in the sun, feel the sun on my face, maybe play a Sudoku puzzle. I'm like a huge puzzle fan. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do that outside and like truly unplug from what I've been doing in my day to day, like the work and the constant thoughts, as you know, as an entrepreneur, like your brain never shuts off with things you should be uh-huh. doing. So it's like trying my best to just zone out and be present and what like in my other senses of what I'm feeling and smelling and hearing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And just recognizing that doing that stuff is just as productive as like sitting there yes. answering emails. It's and it gives not... you the energy to go back and uh-huh. do that properly, which I think is so important. Yeah. Do you like time block throughout your days? I do time block. So I don't always stick to my time blocks, but I do my very best. So I think a lot of time blocking too is to help with team management because I do have a few people I work with, even though it's like Mm. still a very small team. It's just Mm -hmm. three of us, but I have one-on-one meetings. We have team meetings. So it's like I have those in my calendar and then I realize, okay, well, if I'm doing those things and then managing other stuff, when do I do my work like the things I need to do Mm -hmm. so a lot of that really is 
using the time block to make sure I get done what I need to get done and also to help me not work so late into the evenings because I have a tendency of knowing I have no plans at night so I can just mm. do that and you know later maybe I'll you know I'll I'll work on that while I'm watching TV I can mm-hmm. I can start that at 7 p.m. and things like that when you don't have the boundaries of an office or mm-hmm. you know a, a home life that has like you have children or you have activities in the evening if mm-hmm. if you don't have anything in the evening it's really easy for me to just like blend my day into my night mm. yeah yeah, because you can just take your laptop to the couch, or I mean, we can do so much from our phone. It's, it's never stopping on your phone. It like never I'm like, oh, I'll go on Instagram for all my personal account, but I'm still somehow thinking about work, even though I'm on my personal account. I know, yeah, and it's just like answering comments and going through and engaging with people is still work, mm-hmm. right? Even though it doesn't seem, it's like this is not actually work, but but do it that is for ten hours a day, and that's mm-hmm. a full day's work. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. Um, so before you go, we do have some mm. rapid fire questions. Love it. So we end with five of them and try and just like answer in like a word or a sentence, whatever comes up first. Don't judge it. And yeah. Are you okay. ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. I can do this. I can do it. Okay. <laughs> so the first question is, what is something you do that makes you feel good? Stretching. Mm. That's a good question. Haven't had that answer Mm. number two is what is something you value time with my husband Mm. yeah what is something you want to let go of comparison Mm. yep (laughs) what is something you're currently working on can be like personal work anything Mm. being more present in my day-to-day life Mm. yeah i love that and then the last one is, how do you want to be remembered? Oh, this one's always hard. I know. Um, I would love to be remembered as someone who is a good listener and is always exuding love. Mm, I love that. It's beautiful. So before we say goodbye, where can everyone find you? Shop you, shop you, shop Mary. <laughs> shop <Young>. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, find you on YouTube, your other businesses, your podcasts. Like, give us all the deets, all the things, all the plugs. So- you can shop Mary Young at maryyoung.com and follow all Mary Young business related things at it's Mary Young on all social platforms. And then if you want to follow me personally or on YouTube. It's at Mary Aforiata. So that's M-A-R-Y-O-F-O-R-I-A-T-T-A-H. If you want to listen to our podcast, it's called This Could Work. And on social, it's This Could Work Pod. And if you're looking for models or anyone for any upcoming campaigns for your small business or growing business, you can find all of our models and talent at Babe Media. Perfect. Everything will be linked. So no one has to it's a long, long breath right there yeah that's awesome well thank you so much for taking the time to do this and i'm so excited for everyone to hear this thank you so much for having me it was an honest it was a big delight to be here and to share with you yay thanks so much well there you have it that is our episode with mary i hope you loved it and you were able to take 
anything away from it, either if it was a lot or something little. And as always, if you loved this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could share it, leave a review, subscribe, just do all the things so that we can reach more people and help more people feel less alone in their life journey. So you can follow Mary at... Um, any of the locations that I have linked below. So when check out the show notes, check out her, her brand, her Instagram account, her YouTube, her model agency, and then also her own podcast. And then as always, you can follow Feeling Good Sometimes at Feeling Good Sometimes Pod on Instagram. And then if you would like to follow me, I am Allie Jean Duff at on Instagram at Allie Jean Duff on Instagram. <laughs> anyway, I always love to hear if you love the episode or share it with a friend. It means so much to me. So I hope you loved it and I will see you next week for another amazing episode. Bye.